The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. So we've been in this series entitled, Who God Says You Are. We're talking about identity. I think that's one of the most important questions there there is nowadays. Who, Who are we? And that's something that we have to wrestle with, something that we have to answer. And it's something that Scripture is very much concerned about. I, know, I don't know if you've noticed this or not before, but as you read Scripture, Scripture wants to inform us of who we are. And so we noticed a couple weeks ago that, that God is the one who gets to say who we are. And last week we talked about the body, and this morning we're going to talk a little bit about our past and our history. But before we do that, I want to read a passage from Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And so if you have your Bible, you can follow along. Ephesians 5, 1 through 8. Paul writes, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord and walk as children of light. So if you watched the news last week, you may have heard that police in in California arrested one of the most notorious criminals in the history of our country. And so for over 40 years, the Golden State Killer was on the loose terrorizing people. It is believed that he murdered 12 people, sexually assaulted at least 50 women, and burglarized over 120 homes. And so how did police catch this killer who had eluded them for years? Well, it was through DNA that the perpetrator had left behind at the scene of one of the crimes. However, this was not your your typical case that involved the use of DNA. The the police did not find a match in any of their criminal databases, nor did other evidence point officers to this man. Instead, uh, officers uploaded the DNA sample to an Ancestry website, and then they were able to find him from there. And so DNA has proven to be an invaluable tool to police detectives and law enforcement. But it's also used by millions of people each year, just normal, average, ordinary Americans, to to research their past. And so our DNA contains all kinds of clues about who we are and where we came from. And by taking a sample of your DNA and and sending it in or uploading it to a website, you can discover uh, who your long-lost relatives were. You can discover where your ancestors came from. And so why do millions of people 
you know, want their DNA analyzed. Well, it's the same reason why so many people spend a vast amount of time researching their genealogy. We understand that our history matters. And so our, our relatives and where we came from are all part of who we are. We come into this world with part of our identity already determined for us. We are part of a family. We are citizens of a country with its own history. We come from a, a certain part of the world. And all of these factors help to shape who we are. And when we reflect on identity and we reflect on who we are, we cannot neglect our own past. We are the son or the daughter of someone. And most of us likely grew up hearing family stories of times past. And, and these stories, as we listened to them and as they were told, they helped to shape us. And time spent with family has formed who we are. And we can all point to significant moments from our past that have had an influence on who we are today. Now, I want you to notice how Patrick Rothfuss describes this in a book that he wrote entitled The Name of the Wind. He says, It's like everyone tells a story about themselves inside their own head, always, all the time. And that story makes you what you are. We build ourselves out of that story. And so we all think in terms of, of narratives, in terms of stories. And this is how we best understand our world. It's how we best understand ourselves. And each of us has a story. This is reflected in the word history. Um, the events of the past, they, they make up who we are. We would be a somewhat different person if we were born at a different time or to a different family. Now, there would be parts of us that would, you know, remain the same, but there would be other parts of us that would be different. And this is because our identity is closely related to the stories of our life. And so being tied to our past, it can either be good or bad. It matters what kind of past we have had. You know, some of us are fond of our past. We enjoyed our childhood. We still stay in touch with friends from high school or friends with co from college. Uh, if we're not careful, we can even idolize the past. We can live in the past and go around wishing that the present was just more like the past. Others may want to forget all about it. You know, we all have parts of our past that we would like to forget. If you experienced a great tragedy or maybe suffered some form of abuse, then the past might be something that, that you want to leave behind. There are things that have happened to all of us that uh, we're embarrassed by, moments that we don't want brought up again. And so whether your history has been good or bad or maybe, you know, a, a little bit of both, we must understand that these events shape who we are. They are a part of our identity. Now, at the same time, we need to understand that our personal history is not our ultimate identity. 
And so in the Bible, we encounter people, uh, some who are proud of their past. We encounter others in Scripture who are ashamed of their past. But everything changes once they come to know Christ. And so in Philippians 3, Paul gives a list of several different things from his past that he is proud of. These are things that are honorable. They are, they are life achievements that you would want to put down on a resume. They are highlights of Paul's life prior to becoming a Christian. Listen to how he describes them. He says, If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever I gain, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. And so the important thing to notice about this passage is that even though these things are, are wonderful things that brought Paul pride, he says they are nothing compared to Christ. Now, all of these things, they, they helped to form Paul's identity. He was a Hebrew. He was a Pharisee. He lived a, a blameless life. Paul's identity would have been somewhat different if he was a Gentile who lived as a pagan. Paul cannot deny that his past has shaped who he is. But at the same time, his identity in Christ now trumps whatever happened to him in the past. And it works the other way as well. And so when Paul writes to Corinth, he knew that some of the Christians there had a past that they were not too proud of, a past that they were somewhat ashamed of. And he reminds them of this in his letter. He says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. We cannot deny our past. It is not something... That, that we just leave behind like it doesn't exist. History is important. Whether it's our personal history or it's the history of a nation. It is part of who we are as a person and a country. But at the same time, our past can always be transformed by the power of Christ. And so, we don't have to stay the same person that we once were. And what we see in Scripture is that no one erases their past. It is an important part of, of who we are. To deny our history is detrimental to us as human beings. Because understanding our past helps us to understand our identity, and it helps us to move forward. 
what Scripture does teach is that our past is not the ultimate factor in who we are. And that is Christ. When we become a Christian, we take on a new identity that transforms everything else that we have ever done. We see this in Ephesians 5.8. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So the new identity we have in Christ, it shapes our entire life from the moment that we are baptized. We once were something else. We once were darkness. But by the grace of God, we are now light. And so Jesus does not erase our past. What he does is he transforms it. And this is the power of grace. We have received a gift. We have received what we did not deserve. And grace and love are two of the strongest powers that you will ever encounter. And here's the thing. If we deny our past, if we try to erase our past, then we deny grace its power. We must acknowledge our sins and shortcomings. We must confess our past faults. Because this is part of who we are. It's us. But because of the grace of God, We are now something different. And so, grace does not work without a past. Paul does not forget his past. Paul does not act like his past never existed. The Corinthians do not forget their past. And this is what makes grace so wonderful. We remember how far we have come. In Christ, we have been given a new name. We are a Christian. We wear the name of Christ, and now we are expected to act like Christ. We are to do what he did. We are to live like he lived. This is our new identity. This is who we are. Will we fall short? Yes, we will. But we will also remember how far we have come, and we remember the grace of God that has gotten us to this point. And that same grace is going to carry us even further. We are sinners saved by the grace of God. And this is who we are. We once walked in darkness, but now we walk in the light. And so we all have our own story that makes up who we are. And all of our stories are unique. No two stories are exactly alike. And they are filled with ups and downs. They are the stories that that we tell our friends and, and our co-workers. They are how we introduce ourselves to others. And you might be very proud of your story or you may want to leave that story behind. I don't know. But what I do know is that when we become a Christian... We are given a new story. And this does not mean that we just give up our old story. That story is still important to us. But what happens is that our personal story 
is grafted into a new one. And this new one is much larger. And it's the story of God working in the world. And it begins with creation and it ends with the redemption of all things. It is a grand story. And it's the best story that there is to tell. And this is the story that should define who we are and how we live. No longer are we bound to the story of rejection or the story of loss or the story of past mistakes or the story of pride in some earthly thing. From this point on, we are transformed by the story of Jesus on the cross. And this is our story. It is who we are. It is our identity. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today and we thank you for everything that you've done in our lives. We thank you for that wonderful grace that you've shown us so many times. The grace that has transformed us that has showed us love and mercy and taught us how to live. Father, we all have different stories. Some of us are proud of them. Some of us are ashamed of them. But we also know that we have a new story in Christ. And it's the best story there is. So, Father, help us to understand who we are. Help us to know that our identity is in you. And that this shapes every part of our life. And it's what truly defines us. And may we reflect this identity to others in the world. And share Christ with them. It's in his name we pray. Amen.